0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The Bank
1: of Montreal is calling it. After months, if not years, of hand wringing about Canada's hot housing markets. BMO has declared that Toronto's housing market is in a bubble. And not just Toronto proper. That description includes the many cities surrounding it, according to BMO economists. And here are the headline numbers. Prices in Greater Toronto are now up 22.6% from a year ago, 60.8% from five years ago. And that is the fastest increase since the late 80s. And... A cool 21 percentage points higher and faster than inflation or wage growth. So, as an example of what's happening in the surrounding areas, well, prices in Hamilton are up nearly 18% from last year. We want to hear what that means for you are you thinking of cashing out before this so-called bubble bursts? And if you do that, what are your plans? Or maybe you have kids and grandkids who can't get into the market. Are you helping them out? Uh, so the numbers to call for that, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 4, 7, 40. And right now, let's go to Sal Guattieri, who is a BMO director and senior economist. Hi, Sal. Hi, Libby. Well, I must say, first of all, it's great to talk to you, Sal. We used to talk all the time many years ago, <laughs> yeah, almost good. daily, and it's been a long time.
2: Yeah, good to talk to you again.
1: Okay, so why did the Bank of Montreal pick this time to call a housing bubble? We've been hearing rumblings about this for a long time.
2: Yeah, we've been growing uh, increasingly concerned about the uh, escalation in house prices in the greater Toronto region, uh, the acceleration in prices that now seem to have spilled over to uh, the neighboring regions and, and even to the condo market. So areas that you, you would not suspect would, would have a shortage of properties. So that started to raise some alarm bells. And the fact that the acceleration in house prices is coming at a time when it doesn't look like the the fundamentals that normally drive the housing market are improving or accelerating. In fact, job growth in Toronto actually slowed last year. It flattened out. We know interest rates did not fall further uh, last year. So these are kind of the the things that um, uh, have us worried that suggest not just fundamentals anymore driving the housing market and house prices. Uh, we can't put our finger on it. We don't have the data on the amount of investment or even speculation in the market. Uh, but our sense is that now domestic and foreign investment might be playing a little more role in driving up house prices uh, in the area.
1: So basically, speculation? Well, we don't
2: know. I wouldn't call it speculation. I'd say more likely increased investment. Now, some of that's warranted because the rental market is drum tight in Greater Toronto. The apartment rental vacancy rate is about one percent or so. So we need investors to, to to you know buy units and rent them out. But we sense that uh, because people are paying such high prices, uh, that there might be this element of of investment that that's kind of driving. I mean, normally when you see prices rising as fast as they have for anything, you don't see increased demand. If anything, you see less demand. But that's not what we're seeing in the Toronto region now.
1: Oh, so it's, it, the, the higher the prices go, uh, the more demand there is, something well, that,
2: like that? Yeah, that's the concern, that uh, as prices keep rising and accelerating, people, people are just attracted to get into the market, either to speculate or to invest, And that might be healthy for now because we need the the supply of of housing units. But at some point, it really makes that market vulnerable to a shock. If there's a big jump in interest rates or in the unemployment rate in the region, then we could see demand uh, weakening pretty pretty uh, considerably, and that would likely cause prices to fall.
1: Well, you talk about interest rates, but isn't this whole thing fueled by our historically low interest rates? It is,
2: and that was the big story for most of the last decade, uh, lower and lower interest rates, uh, driving credit, cheap credit, and, and the housing market. But really, interest rates have, have stabilized in the past couple of years. I mean, the last time the Bank Canada cut rates was in, in 2015. So, you know, if anything, longer-term rates have actually picked up a little bit in the past six months now. So, again, it's it's not um, lower and lower interest rates and cheaper credit that, that's moving the housing market. There's no doubt that the credit is still cheap and people are taking out bigger and bigger mortgages to get into the market and they're chasing these prices higher. But it, it's not the lower and lower interest rates that are driving m- the market any longer.
1: Now, you've called a bubble. so. Any timeline? When is this bubble going to be pricked? Well, that's
2: that's the tough part. Uh, no one knows. I mean, we're, we're defining it as a bubble simply because we can't really explain what's going on with prices just based on fundamentals, family incomes and interest rate movements and population growth. So we're, we're defining it as a bubble, not in the sense that we expect this big correction, because, I mean, this could go on for this year, next year, I mean, we don't see interest rates going up for a while. We don't see uh, the amount of international migration or population growth slowing in the Toronto region. We think the economy will remain fairly, fairly healthy. So, we don't see any trigger that would cause the market to correct. Now, we do believe price growth will moderate, in particular in light of the new federal home financing rules that will make it a little tougher to get a mortgage. But as far as this market just kind of correcting and prices falling, as they've already started to do in Vancouver. No one can say that. I mean, what we can say is that this is a market that's increasingly vulnerable to a correction because of the acceleration in prices. So if we do see a trigger, a big jump in interest rates or a jump in the unemployment rate, we will get a correction.
1: Okay. Well, in Vancouver, a lot of people are attributing uh, the falling prices there to the changes that were made for foreign investors, Correct. Because yes. that was a big factor there. And, and one of the theories was, was was that those foreign investors would move their money into the Toronto market. Is that yeah. happening?
2: Uh, we suspect that is the case. We don't have data on that, but we suspect, and there is some survey data that suggests that, yeah, it, uh, foreign investors have shifted from Vancouver to other cities, Toronto, uh, Calgary, Seattle. So, yeah, that, that is uh, probably part of... The recent acceleration in, in prices in Toronto, but remember, Toronto's house prices have been accelerating right through last year. And as far as Vancouver, there's no doubt that the 15% uh, property transfer tax on non-resident buyers has has cooled the market. But we saw that market starting to cool even before that rule change, and likely because of just lack of affordability. I mean, Vancouver is ranked as the third least affordable property market in the world after hong kong and <laughs> that, that's
1: that that's quite the distinction do you think uh, in toronto we need a similar type of legislation rule change the fifteen percent
2: well i mean ultimately i mean the the, the ramping up of, of prices will, will will cause the market to cool down because affordability has got so uh, strained i mean we're looking at house prices now for the the typical family in greater toronto region Looking at a typical property that are nine times their family income, I mean, that's equivalent to London's standards. And it's even worse than than New York. So, worse
1: than New York. Because, I, I, you know, when I look at this, and uh, granted, I look at it from the comfort of uh, having, you know, bought our house in nineteen ninety. Two, I think it was. Oh, uh, Lucky us, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, right but I think, end. okay, right. this just means that we're getting to be a city like London or New York.
2: Well, Well, we are. I mean, Toronto is becoming more of a world-class city, so it, it definitely justifies very high house prices and rising house prices, but not 23% rise in house prices. And again, not a 19% rise in condo prices where we know there's not a shortage of condos. In fact, there's a record number under under construction at the moment. And not a 20% rise in prices in, in places like Guelph and Brantford or 27% St. Catharines where you're seeing a spilling over effect because people just have to drive to qualify, for example. And just getting back to affordability in, in the greater Toronto region, now that typical family looking at your benchmark property – would need to come up with half of their income just to pay their mortgage, to service their mortgage. Wow. And that's up from one-third uh, back in, mid to, in the mid-2000s. And so, isn't
1: one-third the benchmark that uh, you know, yeah. a financial advisor would have?
2: Exactly. Yeah, so that tells you that this is a market that's gotten very stretched, especially for your, your typical buyer and your first-time buyers. And it's even worse, of course, for the, de- the single-family detached market, where you would need upwards of 60% of your income just to pay your mortgage. So, again, this is, these are things that are telling us the market is kind of moving beyond the fundamentals and, and is very vulnerable to a correction if something bad happens.
1: Okay. Sal Guachieri, thanks so much.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Libby.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's uh, take a couple of calls before we go to break. We've got John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi, you're on the air and we're listening okay
3: Um, I'm a real estate broker I have been for well over 30 years Um, the end of the world you know being eminent is is, it's the one constant in real estate Uh, and yet it hasn't happened we really I'm not sure what the message is from the Bank of Montreal here. maybe they just need a little publicity the reality is um house's house prices uh and and the jump that we've had in the last 2 years uh probably more attributable to the fact that what we had since 95 were pretty modest increases in fact for the most part they didn't go much beyond the actual cost and when i relate like the cost it it, it Related to the to the to a new construction, what does it actually cost to build a new home today? So the the again since '95 we've had those more or less simply cost increases. Those those will stay no matter what. We have had inflation in the last two years, but I think without any government involvement, and my God, I hope they don't get involved you will find that will level off there will there is today a shortage of inventory nobody controls that uh or at least no no there is no central control for for how much is on the market that's an individual decision there may be a lot of older people who decide you know what it is maybe a good time i know how much i can get now Maybe I'll sell us move into a condo, and, or move into a rental unit. That's based on more or less on need. Um, if enough people decide to do that, there'll be more product on the market. And that will then slow down the rate of increase. Um, and if and, enough, again... And,
1: John, if, we are going to tackle that in just a few minutes. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Um Okay, uh, I'm going to take one more before we go to break and switch gears. We've got Rick in Mississauga. Hi, Rick. Hi, how are you? Fine, you're on the air and we're listening. Okay, I just want to make a comment.
4: Um, I live about two minutes from Square One and City Hall. And uh, I'm in a semi-detached three-bedroom home. I've been here since 1987. My neighbor next door, who's attached to me, has done nothing to the home. Uh, he's lived in it for about 25 years. This past uh, two weeks, he's put it up for sale. And uh, in four days, he had 50 salespeople, brokers, go through the house. He's had 10 offers. Well wow. Seven of them were investors. And he eventually sold it. He listed it for uh, 537000 he got 630000 Wow. And the neighbor across the street, also in the semi-detached house, he uh, listed his last year. He had 14 offers. He put it up for 460000 He got five hundred twenty.
1: dollars uh, So um, that's interesting. Uh, are you thinking of maybe putting yours up, too, with prices like that? Well,
4: I've been thinking about it, but I I would rather go into something else, but I would have to move further north out of the city to rebuy a brand new home because I certainly wouldn't be able to afford to pay those kind of prices that the homes are being sold at now. But I also want to make a comment about the investors. He sold it to an Asian investor, and out of those seven, uh, on the night that he was taking that offer, there was a Russian investor that came by and offered him the same kind of money. So the homes are being uh, bought up by, by foreign investors as far as I can see.
1: Okay, well, that's an uh, interesting insight. Rick, thanks very much for uh, telling us about that. Appreciate it.
4: You're very welcome, Libby. Have a great day.
0: Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with Michael McCann, and he's a real estate agent and downsizing expert. And, Michael, um, would you say that you've had more people, more Zoomers, who want to cash out and downsize while, you know, while the going's good? You're getting a lot of
5: people at uh, the market and you know they're reading the papers like the rest of us and you know they're seeing a record high prices and they're seeing houses in their neighborhood going for you know over over asking price so again, just
1: like our last caller
5: and i'll tell you you know what this is a time that they are starting to think You're saying listen maybe i should t- think about cashing out and i am getting more inquiries i say what is my house worth and you know because of the market
1: and uh People who actually go through with it, if they sell their home and, and get that top dollar, where are they going? How are they going about it?
5: Well, again, uh, I always tell my clients, have a plan of where you want to be. You know, whether it's, your, are, you, are you going to move into a, a, a rental unit? Do you want to buy a condo? Or are you considering, you know, um, moving out of the city? But again, before you sell your house,
1: know where you're going to go. And where are you finding people are going? Um, we were talking about it earlier. I was finding it very interesting. Yeah, funny.
5: It's funny. I had a couple of clients. Um, they'd, they'd come to Toronto. They maybe be not originally from Toronto. They may be from uh, uh, overseas. And what they're finding is that they're moving back, you know, because they do have the support network. So again, they have family; they know the area. So that I had one uh, couple move back to Kingston. I had another. couple. That's
1: account. not overseas. But, and,
5: <laughs> and I had another couple move back to Pakistan because you know they, their family had grown up, but they still had the support network um, where they were uh, going to. Again, that was part of their their, their financial planning of their future.
1: Uh, so. Uh, you are you are also saying Guelph is quite popular. Is that just people who are originally from there, or people who are looking that it's a smaller market, they'll get more house? Guelph is
5: interesting. It's, it's its proximity to Toronto. You know, it's easy in terms of getting to the West End. It's easily a one-hour drive. So even those people who are continuing working, maybe they want to work part-time. Again, the commute works for them for some place like a Guelph or another one of these bedroom communities. So the commute works in terms of not fully divesting yourself of Toronto, but still being close.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, so the commute works. And again, is it people moving to an entirely new community or people going back to where they came from? Um, again...
5: From my anecdotal stories, I would say they have, they have some type of affinity to that. Again, either you, you, you want to downsize but still continue working, or you, you have some affinity to that community. Um, so they're not, again, those who, say, have decided that they're going to move to the cottage. Uh, I find most of them last about a year because, <laughs> you know, it's a very different environment and you don't have the support network.
1: And uh, what's your advice to people who say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to try condo living?
5: Condo living. It's, 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 for most Zoomers, it's a new experience because, again, you are living in a, a, a group environment, again, elevated. So, again, you don't have the same access to... Some people have, love gardening. You know, That's something that you're going to have to give up. Again, living in that type of space is very, very difficult for some people to adapt to. So I always suggest... If you found a building that you like, rent in that building for a year and you'll see if that fits for your type of lifestyle.
1: And are, are people then able to buy a place if they've rented for a year and liked it? Does it always work out?
5: Yeah, because, again, you've downsized from your property. So you've got that income that, that, that you've got from the from selling your home. So then you're now utilizing that. So then if you want to purchase that condo, you know you know the building, you know the value of, of the property. So, again, you can use some of that money that you pay from the downsizing to uh, to pay for that condo.
1: Uh-huh, but I'm talking about availability. I mean, I know some buildings are popular, so again, if
5: you're renting month again, after a year, you're month to month. So you're in 60 days, you can give 60 days notice. So again, you've got your ear to the ground for that particular building or a particular building that you like. So again, your antenna's going to be up for that. So again, you're going to be able to say, you know, find your real estate agent and say, "Listen, if something comes up in this building, I want to be the first to know. So, again, that's working with your realtor.
1: And uh, uh, in terms of renting, so say somebody says, okay, I, I don't even need the headaches of home ownership. I want to rent. But the rental market is is uh, going crazy, too. The vacancy rate in Toronto is, is just above 1%. Prices, I think, are up around 20%.
5: Renting is a challenge. I will, I will admit to that. Again, because of the... the shortage of inventory on that rental market and here in Toronto. So again, what you're looking for is that you'll find that rental prices tend to be increasing. And so again, make sure that you have, if if renting is the way you want to go, again, make that part of your plan and make that part of your initial research of what you want to do in terms of pricing.
1: Okay, uh, we only have a little bit of time left. Uh, what would you like to leave us with in, in terms of this process? Are you counseling people that this is a good time to cash out or
5: what? What I'm saying to anybody who's looking to sell in this type of market is that it is a roller coaster market right now. Again, demand for properties are, are probably the highest I've ever seen at this time of year. So, again, we're seeing lots of agents looking for the right property. So if you're looking to sell your property, the challenge always is, I have no problem selling your property. It's where I want to put you if you're looking to buy.
1: Okay. Get your ducks in a row. If cashing out is something you're thinking about, very good advice from Michael McCann, real estate agent and downsizing expert at Royal LePage.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.